2: game's all about.
3: All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely.
1: Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer of the Action Network. Joined, as always, by my compadres Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson. Bringing you this episode of Buckets which we call the big picture as we would break down the biggest topics in the NBA and how to bet on them this week. I am going to cover two topics with the guys we're going to talk about. Is it too early to start buying in on a handful of teams that are off to hot starts? And how do we bet them both in the immediate and on futures? And then we're going to check in a little bit on the absolute craziness going on with totals. Uh, Raheem and I will commiserate over Telling one another, let's not try and get ahead of the regression. Let's wait and not try and get ahead of the regression. And then absolutely trying to get ahead of the regression last week. So (laughs) we'll talk about that and more. I want to remind you that if you are betting any sport in the universe, you want to be doing so on the Action Network app, tracking those bets in the Action Network app. It's the best way to track your picks. You get up to the second information on where the money's coming in, where the bets are coming in, our projections, sharp indicators, all of our analysis. You can track your futures. You can track your props. You can get... All this types of information on the Action Network app and find out just exactly uh, how much the favorites got the teeth kicked out of their heads this weekend in NFL. All right. I also want to tell you, you should check out the other great podcasts available from the Action Network, including the Action Network podcast, which has Raheem and Brandon on Mondays and Fridays with a hot read. You can get the Thursday episode with Stucky and Raybon, where they go over the uh, Sunday six pack, which is always a great listen. You should check out the favorites with Chad Millman and Simon Hunter, professional better. You should check out Wonder Gold, Wonder with uh, covering the football world. Uh, you check out the Daily Fantasy Flex and you check out Big Bets on Campus, our college podcast. If you're listening to this, you're probably watching a little bit of college. You're going to want to check that one out as well. College basketball season right around the corner. Check that out on Big Bets on Campus with Stucky and Colin. All right. The big picture this week are we ready to buy? Yeah, let's start with the team at the top of the standings who I'm going to go ahead and just start here. Raheem, this is not me trying to to, to dunk on you. I want to get your input on it. You saw that Simmons wasn't going to be coming back and that Embiid was still dealing with the knee injury. And you put in a bet on the Sixers to miss the playoffs. Is that correct? To miss the playoffs and
2: under, I think it was 51 and a half, 52 and a half, something like that. And it turns out that I was totally wrong. And the, the thing about it is that MB hasn't even been playing well. MB is like having a, a career low year 21.4 points per game, 43% from the field. I mean, this guy is, he's struggling and they're still winning because Seth Curry is shooting lights out. Tyrese Max, Maxi and Shake Milton, they've just done well at the guard position. They're playing good defense. They're knocking down three pointers. You know, I saw something about Steph Curry actually running the Iverson cut. Like, um, I think somebody did a video breakdown on that. And that was like beautiful to watch. So it's just, Glenn
1: actually has this team playing some basketball and I can't hate him. They're eight and two. You can call him doc until they're at least like playing 600 ball. He gets to be called doc. I think until he gets the 600 ball. Um, You know, look, there's a lot of discussion this morning because of the report out of um, out of the athletic that the Sixers and Celtics have talked and the the Sixers asked for Jalen Brown and the Celtics fans got all upset. And the media was like, that is not happening ever. And I'm sure it's not. It's like. Maury's still trying to establish value like this is another shot across Mm -hmm. the bow saying like, no, no, no. this is still my bar. I still want somebody as good as Jalen Brown. And everyone's like, but you're not gonna get somebody who's good chill Jalen Brown. But that's the dance that continues to be danced. Um, I will say, Brandon, that when I look at this team, it really kind of literally is the fact that they lead the league unsurprisingly in percentage above expected field goal percentage. You guys know I love those stats. They are actually shooting the highest above it by a wide margin. Um, I'm in this argument with Sixers fans right now on Twitter because they're like, but offensive rating is down. So that just means that they're that good. I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Like just because everyone else can't shoot and you can doesn't mean that you're gonna shoot better. That's not how this works. Like you are the one team right now that can shoot, which hey, great for you. But I do think that probably Seth Curry's not gonna shoot 60-50 on his shooting splits for the rest of the year. Um The counter argument is like, well, Tobias Harris has missed games. Okay, Tobias has a lot of bad games. I love Toby. Has a lot of bad games. Like his good games are really good. Got some clunkers in there. Um, they're gonna come back down to earth, Brandon. I think I am not ready to be like buying in on Sixers futures at this point.
4: Yeah, I think the yeah the offense coming back to earth is the concern here. They're literally number one in offensive rating right now. Nobody thinks the Sixers are the best offense in the league or are going to stay that high. I don't think anyone even thinks that they're top five. So, yeah, we're going to get probably a little bit better Joel Embiid eventually whenever he gets out of the protocols that he apparently has just entered as of a little bit before recording. They're going to get more Tobias Harris at some point. Maybe they will get something from whatever it is they get from Ben Simmons. So on the one hand, the you know, they're leading the league in three-point percentage. This team is not gonna do that all season. Like, let's be real. Just getting Ben Simmons off the court did not suddenly make them right. the, the gods of all three-point shooting. So that's gonna regress some. I think that's where the you know the percentages that you're talking about, Matt. I will say though, their two-point percentage has gone up a lot. And that's even without Embiid dominating. And that to me feels a little more sustainable. I I think that makes more sense to me with Simmons not being there and a little better spacing. Like the the takeaway to me is this team as it exists, I'm not ready to be like, okay, here we go. Sixers all in, but we have seen a little bit. Okay. What does it look like if Embiid is surrounded by a lot of shooters? What could this team be? And I think this is, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm saying, okay, if this is what we had, without much Tobias and no Ben Simmons. What if we get Toby out there? What if I trade Simmons for more of this? Then what could this be? So I think there's some intrigue of what could be. I'm not super sold on what is yet.
1: Plus 1800 to win the title. Two books I just checked and plus 750 to win the East. Um, I just wind up thinking I kind of expected some Embiid regression. This year, anyway, based off of the mid-range shooting last year, I think that, Raheem, I think your thinking was sound in terms of fading them. Like, I don't think you were, I think the bet was was right at the time. And like, look, it's still early. Like, they can, yeah. especially, like, here's the thing, is like, if Embiid, this is this is the whole problem. This is why I, I stayed away from Sixers-Unders. And the reason I said that you couldn't bet the over was not because of how good they are without Simmons. It was the question of, if Embiid is out, they do not have a stop gap and you know, they might get a win tonight versus the Knicks. Wouldn't surprise me. The Knicks are kind of, they're regressing back to the mean a little bit too. Um, as we record this on Monday, but ultimately I can't like, I don't think it's out, out of the question that your ticket could be live by mid season. I think we're still early, even with the eight and two start. Um, yeah, give Glenn some more time. Don't give yeah. up on, don't give up on Glenn. Raheem.
2: I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not giving up on Glenn. And I, I just, I, I think, Mbi missing the next 10 days at minimum is they could they could go into a tailspin. And then obviously MB has struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. So you're kind of betting on an MB injury, which is, I mean, it's probably gonna happen.
4: And right. and what is the regular season equivalent of a three to one lead? Because we could
1: bet on that too. We know how Glenn is with his three to one leads. Nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about the team that I have invested in, and that's the Miami Heat. Uh, I bet them on Futures Friday uh, two weeks ago. I I took them to win the Eastern Conference, our Futures Friday piece, which is up every week on NBA bet, NBA.com slash NBA bet. That's right. Your boy's on NBA.com. Only took me 14 years of my career. So um, I think the Heat are legit. The question with them is about their half court offense. Like, that's the one that everyone kind of keeps rattling back towards. It's like, well, you know, their half court offense looks a little shaky. Um, It's ninth overall right now because they've shot really well. Um, They're held up a lot by isolation basketball by Jimmy Butler and by transition. Like that's where they're kind of winning. But to me, I think their overall impact the reason I like them is look we've seen them match up well with the with the Bucks before they got stomped last year for sure I think I don't think the Bucks are drawing dead in that matchup right I'm just getting a really good number right now on Miami who again like the Bucks are not over adjusting as you would probably anticipate they wouldn't like you're still getting even for the east title plus 650 on Miami right now um with they were absolutely stellar in net rating before the Celtics loss and then they turn around and they beat the Utah Jazz, who were the best team in the league over the weekend. Um, Brandon, I feel like Miami is worth investing in. They were a team that I was like, I just can't convince myself of it. Now I'm like, okay, I gotta let go of my prior. Like, I thought I thought it was gonna be the Hawks. I was wrong. It's gonna be Miami. Like, Miami's gonna be Miami's gonna be a team that vaults into consideration. I think at the top of that. P.S. Yes, I may have already gotten that Jimmy Butler ticket in preseason based off of our conversations.
4: Yeah, I like Miami. I, I'm, I'm frustrated because like a month before the season started, Miami was the sleeper I thought I was going to talk myself into. And then I talked myself out of them. We remember that. and Instead, I'm on Boston. So how do, I, how do I rewind that timeline? I'm not sure. Uh, but my concern with Miami is this, this version of Miami. If the playoffs started right now, I think I would pick Miami to come out of the East. The problem is the playoffs don't start right now. And the problem that I feared with Miami was like this version of the best Miami it can be, this doesn't surprise me so much. We thought that if everything was going right, they could be this good. My concern is, is this the peak? I think it probably is. And if we're getting this now in November, is it going to exist in April and May and June? And like, is Butler still going to be healthy? Is Lowry still going to be healthy? is Tyler hero still going to be an all-star basically like just shooting the heck out of the ball. I, I worry that, you know, the teams that are peaking too soon, like it's, it's almost too soon to be talking about peaking too soon, but like this version of Miami right now, the version with Jimmy Butler that might be the league MVP, that version I'm in on, I just don't trust that they're going to exist that way all year. And that was ultimately why I ended up kind of backing out on my Miami upside.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll say this like um are fourth in adjusted offensive rating, which is really good, clearly. Um, and their third in adjusted uh, defensive rating via dunks and threes. So like they're definitely like they're just they're extremely excellent. Like they got plus nine point two in adjusted net rating. They're they're killing teams. I, I think they caught the Bucks in a bad spot first game without mm. Drew and uh Blake and Brooke when Portis was still out, Di who's still out. Like Raheem called that out on, on Wednesday workshop. Like we 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 hammered that spot. It was a big win for them. That's boosted up some of it, right? Like they're they're tough games. They've caught teams and they haven't really been like they lost to the Pacers and they lost to the Jazz. Like that's a great, like that that's an acceptable one because the Pacers are are starting to normalize. Thank God. Um they didn't they didn't have Lowry in that game, though. Right, right. So that's part of it. I will say they're also being a little cautious with Lowry Raheem. That's one of my yeah. things. I think if you're looking long-term is okay. The models there, bam looks again, like a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, he ripped Rudy Gobert to shreds on both ends of the floor in the third quarter of that game on Saturday. Like the jazz came back late. I turned the game off when I had a jazz ticket because it was a tie game. And then all of a sudden the heater up 18 and then it's back to three. And I wound up not covering, not that I'm upset about it. Um, but like, I feel like they're, they're holding, they're, they're doing a good job resting Lowry. The rest of the team is competent enough. Hero is been great. Even if he adjusts a little, he regresses a little bit. That's still more than good enough. I think he's a great six man candidate. Already bet him. I, I think that there's a lot that's sustainable about this, especially when Brandon mentions the injuries. That was my concern going in, but it looks mm. like they're going to be able to rest them and still probably find enough spots to win.
2: Yeah, I, like initially when they signed Lowry, I was just, I don't know if Lowry's going to be the same guy. And then I watched them in the preseason and you see that Lowry's pushing the pace. He's controlling this offense. and He's put this offense in a place to where they're getting easier buckets than they got last year. And I think the thing I was concerned about was their half-court offense. And I still think it's a, a, a slight concern, but they're playing such good defense and, and, and just Lowry just setting guys up that, I think they're going to be fine. I'm interested to see what happens when Oladipo comes back. Because I think that's a wild card that just gives them even more scoring. So I, I do think you kind of do want to buy on the Miami Heat. Now, even if you don't think they're going to win the championship, they're going to be in a position where we're going to be having to hedge out of it. Yeah, you can hedge there.
1: out of it later. That's, that's yeah. the plan. Like, that is the plan for me, is the hedge yeah. out. Um, let's talk about the team that I have the most invested in. and probably going to invest more. Very excited. I see no reason why they're going to regress. I'm excited for after years of me not enjoying Steph Curry just throwing the ball up at the rim and it going in, having money on them is a lot of fun right now. The Golden State Warriors are just a, they're they're fun to bet nightly. They're it's I've got Steph Curry MVP futures. I've got Warriors. I've got Warriors title futures. I put in a Warriors Bucks finals matchup. Let's go Dubs. Uh, I'm very excited for this Warriors team, Raheem. And I think that this team seriously, like to me, I look at this, I don't see a lot of regression here. I think this team is rock solid. I think they're only going to get better as they get healthier. I think this team is making a run, especially with the Lakers face planting the way that they have early on.
2: Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I'm, I'm actually shocked by how well they're playing. Like this team is the number one defense in the league right now, even over to Miami heat teams who at 99 points per one the possessions in the non garbage time minutes. It's like they're not totally collapsing with Steph Curry off the floor, which is the big thing. So it's just I'm excited to see this team and Clay hasn't even come back and I think Clay's gonna make an impact. So it's just I mean right now with Steph Curry off the floor, they're just they're pretty much even. So I think that's just that's huge. So if they can if, if they can just maintain these non-step minutes,
1: I think we're looking at a team who can make the Western Conference finals or even the finals. This is why I need Jordan Poole or I'm sorry, I need Tyler Hero and J- John Morant to chill out. Because I got we got all those Jordan Poole props and like Poole's having exactly the year that we hoped he would, and no one's talking about it. And I'm like, but but Jordan Poole, look, look over there. Look at Jordan Poole and what he's doing. But yeah, we gotta get some more attention for Jordan Poole. Maybe I gotta like I've gotta start writing like a bunch of features and put pressure on. <laughs> stuff for them to mention because they like, look pool on court plus 13.6 pool off court still a plus a 13.5 like they're winning those minutes that's crazy they're winning the non-pool and the non Steph minutes that's wild they're plus 11 they're plus 11 with Steph off the floor that's crazy so yeah brandon to i'm thinking i seriously my future's friday maybe i put more into the my warriors position yeah, I
4: was really intrigued looking at the numbers. The thing that surprised me—I expected it somewhat, but not this much—is that the bench is smashing right now. Like the yeah. bench unit is destroying, and that is the one thing. All these years, even the years with KD, even you know the the previous title years, it was always like, "Well, let's just survive without staff. Can, can we just survive and get get a few minutes, catch your rest, buddy, and get back out there?" Like Otto Porter. Iguodala, Bielitsa, these guys are are just crushing right now. Gary Payton Jr. is like a superstar suddenly. Uh, Iguodala is plus 23 per 100 uh, on off. Bielitsa is plus 30. Gary Payton Jr. is plus 39.6 per 100. (laughs) Like small sample size theater, but come on, this is ridiculous. So here's what else that I noticed that's interesting. So they're making 38% of their threes but they're taking even more of them. So leading the league at 16.0 threes per game. The all-time record is 16.1. That was that Houston team in 2019. And so like Houston, they're also fourth in two two point percentage. So when they are shooting twos, they're making them. There is efficient everywhere. Clay's not back yet. So that can only help the offense. They're 30.2 assists per game. The all-time record on assists per game is 31.4 by the Showtime Lakers in the eighties. So What if we created that Rockets offense that was so good a few years ago, but then gave them the number one defense, too? Like this team, I I think, Raheem, I think you're underrating them when you're saying, like, they can make the Western finals. Why isn't this the title favorite? Why aren't they the clear favorite right now? I think the reason they aren't
2: the title favorite is because they haven't really played anybody. Yeah, their schedule. That's true. Like their schedule. I mean, the best team that they've played was probably the Memphis Grizzlies.
1: They're 30th in overall. Who they lost to. Yeah, yeah, they're overall 30th in, th- in strength of schedule, but here's like, this is, I love these stats over at dunksandthrees.com, they're 30th in offensive strength of schedule, so the offenses are the defenses that they faced, and they're 29th in defensive strength of schedule, so they also faced, like, extremely weak offenses, too. I mean, you like, play, play
2: Oklahoma City twice, they play yeah. the Rockets, yeah. the Pelicans, like, now, the Hornets while they're in the tailspin, like.
1: Right, right. So like I mean, this is part of it, right? Is now yeah. there there is a correlational aspect of this when we're in yeah. when we're in small sample, right? Like the, these teams have a bad th- these teams reflect as a bad strength of schedule because the Warriors killed them. Right. So like there's yeah, a right. there's a real, and the other thing I'll say, and you, you guys know this is my my whole thing. I care more that they're killing the bad teams. I agree with that. That's gonna hit my my seating total under. That's gonna hit the win total over at 47 and a half, and it's gonna set them up with home court in the playoffs as a, as a top three seed to be able to make a run, right? Like even if they, if they slip a little bit, like, cause I still expect Utah to finish one. Like that's still, I'm feeling really good. Even after the back-to-back losses, the Orlando game, whatever. Um, I still think Utah is going to finish. Like I'm, I'm feeling good about my Utah number one seed bet, but yeah. Like as far as a playoff team, they look like they're going for it. And I'm, this was the thing is everybody's like, you say you're going for it, but you drafted these young guys. Why wouldn't you just use the draft capital and they built a team that's good enough. Like this is part of it. They still got Steph Curry and Draymond Green. They've got enough. Otto Porter has been great. Got to stay healthy. It's the biggest thing. They're sure, they're, it gets worse if, they, if, if anybody gets hurt like it does with any team. But um, yeah, good
4: Here, here's the ball. thing too. Here's the thing is we talked about this with the Sixers. Joel Embiid hasn't even been playing that great yet compared to his usual standard. And they're still that good. You could say the same about Steph Curry. 25, 7, and 6 is not what we've seen from Steph Curry. He averaged like 30 points a game last year. Yeah. He's shooting 37% on threes, 42% field goal. Like, he can be better, a lot better. So if they're already this good, and the offense is already this good, and we get to add Clay at some point, and we might still get supernova stuff, not just like definitely all-star stuff. He's not playing bad, but he's not playing like, you would think Steph should be the obvious clear runaway MVP right now, with how good the Warriors have been. I'm not sure that he is. Like he obviously would be in a in that conversation. I think he's, you know, the the leading candidate. But I, I just think there's upside, you know, when Steph gets to playing, assuming he still has it in there. He did last year. So there's no reason not to think he can get there. So, so here's some of the features that I'm looking at with the Warriors. I'm not playing futures in the last two teams. I am looking here. So Plus 900 title odds. Do we think there's a better than 10% chance of the Warriors win the title? I think there is.
1: I like it. I mean, I already have one at longer number, right? Like I grabbed the yeah. preseason. So mm-hmm. like I grabbed him out the box. Um, I'll probably add to it now. I'll, I'll, that's probably going to be part of futures Friday. I would yeah. say too, though, that, I mean, you know where I'm going to go with this. I love those, those finals matchups because we, in, in the East right now, you can conceivably say it's still Milwaukee, Brooklyn, And probably Miami. Like, I don't think the Knicks are getting there. I don't think Boston's getting there. I don't think Toronto's getting there. I don't think like the East right now is like, I mean, look at these records, right? Like the Wizards are six and three. That's, that's who we're talking about. Like, I love the Wizards. Don't get me wrong. Made some money on betting the Wizards this year, but not worried about them in a playoff context. So if you start looking at Warriors, Bucks, Warriors, Heat, Warriors, Nets, whichever the one of those you like, I think you're getting pretty good value on it. But I don't mind just taking the the, the title outright because if they get in those matchups, the Warriors are going to have a great counter to Giannis and in Draymond Green. They're going to have a great counter to the Heat zone with their shooting. And they're going to have the amount of firepower to match up with the net. So, yeah, I don't mind it.
4: Mm. Yeah, the other two that I'm looking at, we've talked about both of these. I just think that there still is value here. I think these are both undervalued. Warriors to win the division, plus two ten. So that's just that's Warriors Ooh. heads up. That's a yeah. bet MGM. That's basically heads up with Suns and Lakers, both of whom are struggling. Like, yeah. Why are the Warriors not favorites to win the division? That's third yeah. right now.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm betting that when we get off. the spot. I like that. I really like that, one. that Yeah, I'm betting kind for of on Friday. That one's good. that one's going down. Yeah. Right
4: yeah. uh, and here's the other one that we talked about that I know we like too: Draymond Green. Defensive player of the year. Shouldn't he be among the very favorites right now? They're the number one defense. It's Draymond. He's plus 1,800. It's it's insane. Draymond should be like a top three candidate. Plus 1,800 is a crazy number.
1: Yeah, the 1,800, I'll agree, is a crazy number. I'm not sure. Like, if you're going to do that, I would probably bet Bam, too. But I do think yeah, I agree. I yeah, think yeah. Draymond is, should be on that list. Yeah, you can actually find that at plus 2,100 as well. Woo! Um, one more. Before we go to the totals, real quick. I just want to tap. Let's go real quick on this one. I will tell you this and you guys are like Raheem, especially is going to lose his mind. The jazz are doing what I want them to do. So they're winning regular season games, which is what I want. They're playing a lot of isolation, one-on-one basketball at spots because they're testing how to beat teams. I heard this on the dunker spot with uh, Nikias and Steve Jones. And it was, I went back and like started looking at jazz tape and it's accurate. Like they're testing how to win when you don't get the opponent out of rotation. Like how do you score without just getting them in that ball movement open three? Cause that's where you get messed up in the playoffs is teams don't get out of rotation on you because they just switch everything and their defense is so sharp. They're doing better. I still Mm -hmm. think that Rudy's eventually going to be a pressure point. You can break and their perimeter defense isn't good enough. Like I asked too much of him, but offensively I like a lot of what Utah is doing and they haven't gotten Rudy gay back yet. I'm not willing to bet them, but I will tell you that for somebody that has consistently been like, nope, fading the Jazz in the playoffs, can't wait to fade the Jazz in the playoffs. I'm at least looking at it as I am open to the possibility of Utah maybe being different this year, right? Interesting. Okay. I got to look into that. That's interesting. Okay. Um, Let's talk real quickly about totals. Um, So last week we were on here and we talked about totals and we talked about how important it is not to try and get ahead of the regression that you have to show, like, you have to wait for these signs to go for it. And then on the Wednesday workshop, the books who had just told Kenny Ducey over at the boardroom that they were not going to lower the totals, lowered all the totals. And they lowered them so much. They went from basically our normal preseason numbers of what we were expecting to 20, 220, 222, 225. They dropped those into teens. And now we're seeing totals to 10 to 12. There was a 206 this weekend. Um, there's been some absolutely just ridiculously low totals, and so of course uh, Raheem and I together collectively jumped into the pump fake. They pump faked, and we just fell for it. And we're like, "This number's too low. I have to take the over here." And the unders are still hitting. They're not hitting as much. They're not hitting at the same rate. Uh, last I checked, that we were at like 63% for the season. Yeah, 63 percent, 92 and 54 are unders in this NBA regular season. But now the totals have moved down. So we're trying to find the value there. Um, Raheem, professional better. There are numbers. This is where I, I think it gets really tricky, right? Because you're we're, we're recording this on Monday. You're going to hear this on Tuesday. So this game will already be over and you'll be able to judge me against this analysis, which is great. The total on Phoenix, Sacramento is 226 and a half which is a pretty high number relative to the market. Knicks Philly is 213. Uh, Miami Denver is 204 and a half. And I took the under on Denver on their team total. Um, Even Memphis, Minnesota, which is when I definitely have the over on is 217, but these numbers that are still popping in the two twenties, those feel like it's very tempting to get in on those spots. Like how do you judge these outliers of the market? with where they've moved it to? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with some of them too. Like when
2: you look at the Suns game, this total actually opened 222 and the market steamed this up. Yep. So it's like my number actually put this at 225. So I, I think the, the move up, I respect and I understand it, but it's just these totals are just going under so much. But it's just like what I spoke about with the Suns earlier, the Suns, they're just they're shooting lights out from like teams are shooting lights out from three against the Suns. So I agree with that move up on that particular game. I think you have to kind of take all these games on a case by case basis. You kind of got to look at their, their road trip. Are they playing three games in four nights? Are they playing back to back or even look at the Hawks? The Hawks played the suns the other day. And one of the things that came out is that the beat reporters spoke to Trey young and he said he wanted to play at a faster pace. So Them playing at a faster pace, my model liked the game under against the Suns, but it was kind of and we actually saw this total get steamed down and it went well over because they played faster. So, you look at tonight's game against the Warriors, that number is 222 and a half, it got steamed down from 223. Warriors, one of the best, has the best defense in the league. But if the Hawks are playing a faster pace, this game could go go over. So, it's just like you kind of got to look at so many different angles, you kind of got to look at the number, you got to look at what. Teams want to do stylistically. I think eventually you're going to see some of these overs come in, but right now teams just aren't shooting the ball very well.
1: I will tell you one thing that I'm doing. I am no longer fading steam anymore. I've done it twice where I've doubled down against the steam and gotten clacked. So I am taking a new approach. And if I see that, if, if I bet a number, cause I'll tell you like based off of the numbers I'm running and I'm betting late, uh, late at night is when I, I'm betting mm-hmm. them even before the morning, I'm betting mm-hmm. them like right when they pop. And I'm getting in very modern NBA or very modern gambling media parlance. I'm getting all that great closing line value, not Mm. helping my actual ROI, but I get to feel very smart about it. Um, But if I wake up the next morning and it's gone the other way, I'm buying out like I'm just I'm either cashing or buying out and getting out of those positions. I'm no Mm. longer going to go against the steam anymore because I've gotten I've gotten burned by that twice. Brandon, with the overall offenses, I think we've seen a little bit of like thawing of the defensive issues, but some teams are still stuck in in the stone ages. Do you have thoughts on just the overall offensive play? And if we're going to see things kind of shake loose a little bit more here in the coming weeks?
4: Yeah, it just it it feels like to me, the, the thing that sticks out, I don't play a lot of totals, but the thing that sticks out to me is just some of these stars that we've been very worried about at the start of the season, like James Harden definitely comes to mind. But just some of these stars just feel feel like they're catching their flow a little bit better. like it just feels like the offense is ticking up a little bit just as you know we wondered if like that first week or two was gonna almost be like extended preseason as some of these guys kind of work back into shape and got into the flow of things. It does seem a little bit like that's happening. you know, we, we can't play much on the seams, but uh to me, that's I, I kind of want to keep an eye on that. even we can talk about the nets among futures. It does feel like the Nets are kind of like yawning and like slowly waking up like, oh, all right, let's do the season now. Maybe let's do the
1: thing. So they're still winning with defense. Yeah, that's true. So like, this is my thing is like they're winning with defense. Like I've got in the night because I can't understand why they were that, why they're dogs versus the bulls. That's madness to me. That's that was that. I don't know where the number is at now. Yeah, they're still plus two. Like that's wild to me that they're that they're dogs to the bulls without Patrick Williams. Um, but like they're winning, right? But it's been because of their defense, which is just not what we expect, but they just really, they're still stuck in the mud, the, the mud on this. Uh, it's been, it's been wild. These teams that like, here's what's crazy is like last year we had like six teams at the offensive rating record. And now we've got teams that are consistently rating like some of the worst of all time. It's, it's crazy. Um, I'm waiting for the the adjustment. I'm waiting maybe whether it's the ball, like we talked about it last week, and the players that said it wasn't the ball. And then after we recorded that, some players come out and said they do think it's the ball. But Kevin Durant's like, no, it's not. No one's got a real answer. Like everyone's got their own theory, and no one has like a conclusive answer for why the offense continues to struggle. you know what I'm struggling with? It's like you have we have such bad defenses right now. Like you had Memphis giving
2: up 115 points per hundred possessions. Yeah, you got Charlotte giving up 117 points per one to possessions over the last two weeks. Yeah. And yet some of the offenses are still struggling. So it's just like you have these bad defenses and it's just, it's kind of not adding up. So I think a
1: lot of it, it has to be the shooting variance, And I think maybe it is the ball Memphis matters in my heart a lot, but I'm just telling you right now, like I have, I'm betting against Memphis pretty consistently. Like they are just simply the market on them is reflecting their record and not their performance. That is the best Mm -hmm. way. Like, when I look at, at at what their spreads are, like they're six point favorites versus the Wolves tonight, they might win this game. They might cover, but they should not be six point favorites even at home versus the Wolves. That's like, just mm-hmm. not a thing that should happen. Not with the thirtieth adjusted defense in the league. So I,
2: I think that's it. That's, that says a lot more about the Wolves, right? now.
1: Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's that's a lot of it, right? Well, no, yeah. I, I'll we just do do this before we get out. Like I said this on Twitter. <laughs> and Brandon's going to disagree because he, if he has any opportunity to shit on his teams, he's going to take it. But the Wolves are not bad. They're just not everyone's freaking out. I'm like, guys, here's what happened. You played the Pelicans in a duplex set. If you play that scheme where you're blitzing teams, it's easy for them to figure out if you play them twice in a week, they're going to get they're used to that scheme. After you play them once they come in, they go, oh yeah, I need to hit the short roll and then the corner. And so they're able to dice you up. So you had a loss of the Pelicans. Do we think the Wolves are worse than the Pelicans? No. We know the Wolves are not worse than the Pelicans without Zion. Come on. Like, they're not worse. They lost the Clippers twice. The Clippers are a random number generator right now. They can put up 130. They can put up 98. I don't know. But, like, especially versus this team and that scheme that they play, I'm not surprised. Like, the Clippers, when they look good, look awesome. That's it. That's the differential in the record. That's the only thing. What what about the Magic game? You conveniently skipped over that. No. Orlando's pesky, though. Orlando knocked out. You mean Orlando that knocked off the Utah Jazz? That's fair. Okay. Orlando. I mean, but you know what it is? They blew some of these games, like the game yeah, against the Nuggets. Well, see, that's it though. Like when you blow those leads, everyone freaks out and it's like, they suck. And it's like, no, no, no. The worst teams are the ones that never like the Rockets don't lead. <laughs> like the Rockets don't get leads, that's you fair. know? Yeah. Like some of the, the Pistons do not lead. <laughs> they don't get to have nice things. <laughs> You know, they don't don't suck, though.
4: But the problem is we're not comparing the Timberwolves to the Pistons and the Rockets. Like those aren't fair comparisons. The teams that they need to be trying to beat are the Clippers, like are are the teams that they're that they're not beating, like to to get into the play in. Like I think the disappointment is that this was a good start and then a soft schedule. And uh, I think I said that they had a chance to start like six and two or something like that because the schedule is so soft. And so to blow the schedule opportunity and some of these games that they could have won, I think that's the disappointment just because it's going to get tougher and the
1: defense is going to regress a little bit. But here's the thing though, is like, you're right. The defense is going to regress. Do we really think this offense is this bad? No, you that's, know, a, that, that see, will that's my thing. Too. Like, so here I, I will return to my, my trusty safe, my safe space of my numbers, my comfy place of my numbers. They actually have uh, in a, pretty shocking. I was surprised that the number was this good Um, expected field goal percentage, their fourth best. So if they were just shooting under which good God, are they, um, they have the third worst percentage between actual and expected at minus 4.58. The two teams worse than them are the thunder and the pistons, right? So if they were just shooting, worse than expected and their expected mark was already bad, like those teams, that would be one thing. But they have a really high expected mark that they're not hitting with good offensive players. So, like, to me, the offense is going to thaw and they're going to be okay, but everyone needs to, I will say, like, everyone's going to not freak out. Like, everyone's like, like, they need to fire Chris Finch and should they free Carl Anthony Towns and they need trade D'Angelo Russell and like, oh my God. It's like, just it's fine. You lost to the Clippers twice in the Pelicans. It's fine chill out. It's okay. You're gonna be all right. Just give it time,
4: please, for my future. I agree. I think 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 it's fine. I I think the hope is that it started out well. It looked really good. And there was a chance of it being more than fine. So I think it's disappointing to just be fine. It's a long season ahead, but it's going to, it's a lot of tough games ahead. This was a chance to really get some momentum going. You know, we Wolves fans, we don't get a lot of chances at that. So it, we, we wanted something more than it's fine. Let's wait and see what happens. I think that's a disappointment as all. You're Midwestern. Lower your expectations. That's
1: what, that's <laughs> My, like what being Midwestern is all about. Lower Do expectations. you know me at
4: all? My expectations are very, very low for
1: everything. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for buckets. One last note. Colin Sexton suffers a torn meniscus. I'll still be betting on them. They're pretty good. Uh, make sure to check out Raheem and Brandon on the Action Network podcast. Also, the favorites where you can hear Matt Mitchell Slander Cliff Kingsbury, who got that dub this weekend. Let's go, my Cardinals Rams 1-2 in the NFC West Ticket. Uh, you can check them out on the Action Network Podcast. Check them in the app as well whenever Raheem gets his confidence back after the books have gotten done beating him up on totals. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow for Wednesday workshop. Thanks for joining us on the Action Network podcast called Buckets.